There is a fairly rapidly growing restaurant concept that has its roots here in North Texas that I I would argue that nobody could dislike. I mean, how could anybody dislike a quesadilla? I mean, it, it, it can be hot. It can be mild. You can put anything in it. And, and Della's quesadillas is, is the uh, is the brainchild of Kyle Gordon. He's the uh, founder and co-owner of the company and CEO and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thanks, sir. Thanks for having me. Very so, excited. So I, so I, the quesadilla thing is just uh, everybody loves quesadillas. That's a given. Okay. So, so, but the interesting thing is, I was reading your story. So you had this idea when you're at Uni- University of North Texas, but then you went to raising canes and kind of got figured out the industry. Then you came back and you started this company. The thing is, that's exactly what Todd Graves did, pretty much. I think when, <laughs> when he started raising canes. Yeah, no doubt. I think that. Um... You know, I did have the idea in college. I did love quesadillas. And, and I think that if we could be half as successful as, as Todd and Raising Cane's, I would be extremely enthusiastic and satisfied with that. Um, but, yeah, it's it was just one of those things where I had a passion for it. Um, I love people, so I was a natural as it pertains to this being in the restaurant industry. A lot of people think they want to start a restaurant and then end up figuring out that they hate operations and they don't like people um, and just can't deal with the ins and outs of it. Um, but that wasn't the case for me. So did I did seven years at Raising Cane's and that's where I got my restaurantology degree and took it and opened my own deal. So it's, it's one thing to like people and get along with people and you obviously do and have a great concept. The other thing is, it's not it's raising capital, not Kane. You got to have yeah. the money to do it. How do you how do you cross over? Because that's the sort of the the business aspect of a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And so early on, you know, when I when I left that company, um, I had kind of established myself as a leader at raising Canes, and so I left with a a little bit of a payout. Um, so I had a little bit of seed capital um, immediately, and kind of a funny story because. Uh, my wife was pregnant at the time, and I said to them, and Maggie and I went to help get some money raised and said, hey, listen, we're either going to go stay with Raising Cane's and go open restaurants with them in Austin, or we can open Dilla's here in Dallas and stay. And, and they got their checkbook out um, because they didn't want to see the <laughs> their new grandkids um, go down to Austin. And so they helped us get that first one open. And then after that, it's all about, you know, getting your cash flows up and and getting the consistency built. Um, And since then, we've just been conventional loans through the bank and, um, you know, just on the power of our cash flows and our sales. So you've so now you've got if memory serves seven locations, but you're getting ready to open a lot more this year. And I know you're in around Shreveport area, but also around. North Texas, particularly around the Dallas area. So how much? How many of these are company-owned and how many are franchised? So we've got the four that are in uh, DFW, so Denton, Plano, McKinney, uh, Frisco, and then we have the franchise group that is in Louisiana. And um, he was, funny story about that, he was actually my district manager at Canes. And so um, after I left, he stayed around for another year or so, and uh, he was he left and he said, listen, Kyle, um, I've been doing some other stuff and I, I've got to get back into restaurants. I, I love what you're doing. 
Um, let's figure out how, a way to make it work out here in Shreveport. And he opened one, and then now he's got a second one, a third one. He's about to open his fourth one in Tyler. He's got one going in in Ruston, Louisiana. So he's just growing like crazy right alongside us. So what are your plans here? Um, continue to own company-owned restaurants. You know, like Maggie and I live um, in North Dallas, and so, you know, we want to continue to build out this market um, continue to open new locations here uh, all the way to Fort Worth and surrounding areas. We've got a restaurant opening in Saginaw in the next year or so that, that's kind of north of Fort Worth. Uh, we've got locations scattered all the way throughout the mid-cities um, because there's so much opportunity and growth in that area, uh, as well as this building out the kind of the Metroplex north and south. Um, so, we don't really plan to franchise here in DFW. Um, you know, we would like to keep this as a home market. Um, and have people come in and, and see great operations, see the people and the culture that we've built and kind of, you know, be able to go from there and have this as a real hub rather than franchise it out. Well, you've, you've been through a, an economic cycle now. I get maybe you're going through one. And the fact that you're still standing after after COVID, I guess, is a is a credit. Some businesses and I know Wingstop was one of those that really sort of thrived during COVID because of the portability and something that people could drive by and pick up and still wanted to eat. How did you guys do in COVID? We did great. You know, I think that um, lucky for us, when we were founded in 2013, we were on kind of the leading edge of technology, really, really having a much bigger impact in the restaurant space. Um, previous to that, I mean, most restaurants were doing Excel spreadsheets uh, for schedules and everything else. And so in the last, you know, 10 or so years that we've been open, um, you know, technology has really been on the forefront. And so we already had uh, online ordering. You know, we already had third party delivery. We were early adopters of all of that stuff. And so COVID was actually a massive um, help to our brand because it introduced people who couldn't get out to us um, that otherwise may have been, maybe they went to Chili's on Tuesday nights, but now they couldn't, so they have to order. And so they said, well, let's try this new place, Dilla's. Or they would frequent our drive-through. You know, our, our locations had drive-throughs, which as you may know, anybody who had a drive-through in COVID, you know, found sure. massive success. Even the struggling brands that were kind of teetering on the on the brink had massive comebacks um, that were kind of maybe some good good strong brands um, but maybe kind of were wavering a little bit like maybe an Arby's or, or Jack in the Box or something like that had these massive comebacks um, because they had all this drive-through advantage during COVID. So were you did you manage to keep the the people that you found during COVID as, as customers? Yeah 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 definitely I mean you know, this this year to date, we're up in the neighborhood of 28 percent, wow. you know, and we're on our our 10th year of being open. So that's saying a lot. Um, so we're continuing to get more traction. Um, you know, in DFW, having four restaurants, we're still just a tiny little gnat compared to some of the bigger brands, you know. So we are very grateful, very thankful um, that, you know, the impact that we're making in the communities is is being sticky. We're, we're creating sticky sales through the operations, you know, and I, I always say, and I, I learned it at Canes and I learned it throughout my time. It's, it's um, you know, 
operations is your number one marketing tool, you know, and so we've always focused on operations and not necessarily outward marketing because we can't afford it. We're too small to afford any sort of TV or radio or anything. You can't like do that. a broad campaign. Yeah. And delivering. yeah. So do you use social media? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do a lot of social media stuff, you know, like we do some stuff that's just um, natural or we do some paid ad um, targeting. We've been able to uh, lean a little bit more into uh, Google ads and making sure that we're kind of being represented and we're coming up at the, you know, right keywords and optimization from that standpoint. But that that sophistication really does come along when you start to get some four unit scale. And so I don't know how some of these restaurants who have, you know, one or two mom and pop type operations. It is so hard to kind of get over those humps that a lot of the bigger brands have. So do, do you look over your shoulder? I mean, a lot of times you, you come up with a concept like this, which I think is novel. And mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden imitators come along and try to knock you yeah. off. Yeah, you know, and I think that being first, you know, we do have a massive advantage. Um, I think that we have uh, an advantage in our name as well. Yeah. You know, Dilla's um, being the kind of slang name for quesadillas, having it in your name is and, and having the rights to that, I think, is really big. Um, the other thing is, is that um, what we bring to it uh, is is the ability to have a kind of a proven process in how we're able to distribute and produce the quesadillas. Um, and without giving too much away, like it's it's more in line with a Whataburger or a Raising Cane's. And we're able to do them very quickly. You know, our company uh, drive-through goals are four minutes or below. And most of the restaurants who are competing with us, um, whether it's a, you know, Fridays that does quesadillas or a Mikosina or even you know, some maybe a Torchies or a Chipotle, um, they they don't focus on it. That's not the only thing that they do. So from a throughput perspective, um, that's kind of a, a competitive advantage that we have is that we can really own the quality convenience space. And uh, we don't do booze. You know, we, we don't do, there's no TVs in our lobbies. It's a very family atmosphere. It's driven towards young families, you know, people who are looking for a convenient quesadilla that, that appreciate the quality. Um, so, you know, that I don't, I try to stay in, we try to stay in our lane, you know, focus on what we can control yeah. and, um, you know, just grow as fast as we can. So if anybody does look at a market that we're in and we're trying to just do quesadillas, they would say, oh, we don't want to go there. Dillas is already done. No way. So, so you're not going to do tamales or enchiladas or, you know. No tamales, no, actually, no tacos. You're going to just stay core? Stay core, just, just Dilla's. Um, and, and we're set up for that. You know, like the way we design our kitchens is very focused. You know, even if we wanted to pivot and do some of those other things, it would kind of alter the ability to build the widget, you know, and yeah. that's not something that we're interested in. Well, uh, it's a great concept, a great name, and, and it'll be fun to, to watch you continue to grow. The CEO of Dilla's Quesadillas is Kyle Gordon and our guest today. Thanks a lot for the time. Of course. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. We appreciate it. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.